0: Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast with me, Gemma Bullivant, and my co-host, Fiona Craig. This podcast is for HR professionals and people-focused leaders from any function who want to think, act, and feel naturally more strategic. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast. I'm Fee Craig and I'm here with my co-host Gemma Bullivant. Hi there. Gem, you tell me, what are we talking about today and how did we come to be talking about it?
0: Well, we've talked quite a lot about creating a strategy that we need that's going to deliver the results that we need for the business. But I'm not sure we've really gone into enough detail yet about how we get that strategy to be relevant to what the organization needs. And it occurs to me that this is something that comes like all of the time in conversations that I have. Lots and lots of people are really often grappling with this question of getting the strategy to be laddered up to and connected to the overall business objectives. So today we're going to really go into how to get the strategy to meet the goals of the business. That sounds great.
1: Why do you think that, and and I I know this to be true, but why do you think that sometimes people can struggle with the primary business purpose and objectives? Why why is that not front and centre all the time for everybody? Because it isn't really, is it? But why do you think it is?
0: Well, I think we have a natural tendency to be focusing on what's immediately in front of us. And we don't come into a role or a self directed meeting where I've decided I'm going to start talking about or thinking about the strategy. We are doing a day job, we are Mm -hmm. running the day to day, we have activity going on. So we have a massive long to-do list of things, initiatives, things underway, things we know are broken that need fixing, things that we aspirationally want to do within the business. We've got lots of people telling us we need a better this, we need a better induction system, we need a better way of finding the talent that we want. I'm coming at this obviously from an HR perspective. Mm -hmm. All these different wants, needs and wishes. And I think sometimes we think Strategy is going to be a way for me to organize some of that and help me to roadmap some of that. And so we're almost coming at it from the practitioner perspective and then trying to fit it into the business perspective rather than taking a step back and thinking about the business perspective first and then going into actually are we doing the things that we need to do to meet that business objective. So, I mean, we've talked a few times about
1: the difference between kind of strategy and planning and mm. and and then the actions that come out of that plan. And so we're saying that actually our our day jobs are filled with actions and it's quite a leap to zoom all the way back up to the top of the ladder and say actually what are we what are we trying to achieve here as a business? And because I've got so many things on my plate, I love what you said about t- strategy being a way to help me organize all of the things that I've got on my to-do list. I think uh, that's a really great way of thinking about it because it's it can often be that, and I'm looking for a bucket to put all of my things in my list in or a set of buckets. So it starts uh, within the team and then goes up. But actually what we're saying is that the strategy should dart from outside your team. It should start with that higher level of what does the business actually need from my team at this point in time.
0: Yes, and I think that's why sometimes, we see that the executive team sessions that are had to start to think about strategy are actually off site. You no, know, they often quite intentionally yes. off site. Yes, they because are. Because yeah. physically, you need to have stepped away. You need And, and being physically away from the day to day office can really help you with that. And I think also a question I'm often asked is what was a good HR strategy look like? What is a, what is an example of a good HR strategy or people strategy? That's and a big answer to that because <laughs> I need to know what that strategy is there to do. What it what does the business need What's in order problem? for me to then yeah. look at the strategy? It's and say, is this a good strategy or is this not a good strategy? Yeah. Okay. So there isn't a single answer, but
1: the answer is. A good HR strategy is one that answers the needs of the business at that point in time.
0: Yes, and a a useful analogy may be when I help clients when they're sort of on a job search with career coaching and that that sort of support, I'll be asked, is my CV good? Hmm. And I have the same challenge there because if I don't know that client well enough, if literally one of the first questions is I would need you to tell me if my CV is good or not, i can't answer that question other than whether it seems to be written clearly and it's and it's laid out well and i i can get a good sense of who they are if i don't know what job they want what's their what job are they going after yeah. then i look at the cv and say is this cv going to get help this person get that job because there are lots of different ways you can organise the experience that you have in order to get that job and the strategy question Is exactly the same as that. If you you need your people team to do a set of initiatives, activities, and focus on particular areas, they need to be focusing on the areas that are going to deliver what the business needs in order for the business to achieve its goals.
1: That's a really great analogy. I really like that because a CV has no value until you want to share it with somebody for some specific purpose.
0: Yes. And It's the there to get you an interview. It's not there to get you the job, but it's there to get you an interview for a job that you want, not just yes. any job, but the job that you want.
1: Yeah. So how then do we encourage people then to identify, well, what is the business trying to achieve? What does the strategy need to ladder up to? What kinds of things should they be asking or looking for to help them really understand that business first perspective rather than practitioner first perspective that you that you referenced earlier
0: well i think paraphrasing what you've just how you've just asked that question is probably a really good place to start which mm-hmm. is what are we really here to achieve talk to the other exec leaders talk to whoever are the, of so the principal business leaders that are involved in setting the business direction what is it that we're here to achieve now this is a much more specific, what you need from this is a much more specific answer than be the best x organization or mm-hmm. be known for quality we need to get really specific here so what what are we looking to do are we looking to grow the business and if so are we looking to really scale fast are we looking to sustain a big grow are we looking to consolidate what we have we're not really i mean growth is is very very slow and steady that isn't our main aim our main aim actually is to mature establish you know get get ourselves into that phase are we actually looking to diversify we we sell x and y product and we now want to add z to our por- portfolio mm. how does that look and and therefore what are we looking to do and Obviously, also, we need to know a bit more about why that's important. But the first and foremost is we've got to get really clear on the commercial aims of the business. What are we here to do? And what are we wanting to achieve? And I'm thinking about this question not from not from the very big conceptual make the world a better place type monsters. Yeah. Which so we it's we not
1: mission, mission values type stuff.
0: Mm. It's It's more
1: yes okay it's it's like the next level down isn't it which is we're going to achieve that vision by growing fast and exiting or we're going to achieve that vision by acquisition of other businesses or we're going to achieve that by streamlining our services and chopping out one of our divisions yeah it's almost like a phase isn't it which you might be in for sort of 3 4 years or so and so it's around understanding what is the overall focus of the business at that point in time Which will shift according to how mature the business is, what its ultimate aims are in terms of what the market is doing and the sector that it's in and is doing.
0: Yes. And the reason that we need to know that is because it very much informs how we then Formulate our own strategy for our respective areas. As you know, I'm HR, but there's you know the other functions as well. But from an HR perspective, have I got the people that are going to make sure that I've got that in place? So if you're starting in a new country, have I got sales? Have I got people? You know, how are we actually going to find the business? So those are the those are the big questions. By understanding the main aims, we can then start to really understand you know the what's needed that sits underneath.
1: And so, those are the kind of big headlines that we could lose sight of on your average day when you've got like 500 meetings in the calendar and, you know, everyone's asking stuff of you. And I guess those are also the things that you would want to point to or refer to when everything becomes important and you have to prioritize. You're going to use those high level strategic company goals to go well, therefore, this is more important than that. They may all be important, but this one is more important because it's more in line with what we're trying to achieve. So if you are in a stage of fast growth, as opposed to perhaps sustainable growth, you may prioritize recruitment over some kind of longer term onboarding. Ideally, we'd have both. But if we had to stick strategically to one or the other and we couldn't have both which is very you know is is very realistic really Mm. if you're looking for fast growth it's all hands to the pump on recruitment if you're looking for sustainable growth then it might be
0: all hands to the pump on onboarding you've brought all these people in you've had a year of massive recruitment to meet the scaling needs of the business in order to actually have bombs on seats and then you need to have a look at that workforce and go okay so how are we going to keep this workforce developed, grown, retained, and we need to now really start thinking about career pathing. We knew we needed to do it last year, but we didn't have the time or the resource to build career paths as well. So last year, the focus was recruitment. This year, the focus is career pathing. And so,
1: yeah, so we're going to use those very high level strategic business objectives and business mileposts and and phases and levels of maturity to define, therefore, this is what we need to do, not yeah. this is what I have on my list or this is what I would like to do or this is what somebody's asked me to do. Let me find a way of organising that into nice, neat three three or five nice, neat buckets, which is exactly. like a bottom-up approach to strategy, which is not what yeah. we're advocating.
0: I think another really important question to understand fully and if you've ever been asked to think more commercially, or you've ever had that read that really we need to start thinking more commercially, is to ask the question, how do we make money? As That's a, a good one, isn't it? And you've said in, in other episodes something similar to this, which is, you know, where where do we get our money? How how do we make our money? Because yes. understanding the company's business model from that perspective is really important are we making our money uh, through service of the people in other words the people are the product if you like they are services service yeah Yeah. accountancy law firms consultancy Mm -hmm. anything where you hire somebody by the hour to do a particular service for you would be a would be one example of that are we creating a product in which case We've got a gr- you know people who are creating those products, maybe innovating new products, but we've also got that cost question uh, to, to think about as well. So are we service, are we product, are we other types of business? I'm not going to list them all, but mm-hmm. the, the, how do we make our money is, is yeah. a really important question. And, and once it have- feels very simple, I think it's often forgotten as an important question.
1: And I really think that it's not everybody would actually be able to answer that really concisely, and it, and it it feels like, oh, of course I know, but if somebody asked you to articulate it, could you articulate it really well? Forty percent of our business is retained. Sixty percent of our business is project based, for example, mm. and that mm. helps you to shape your thinking around. And therefore, what should my strategy be? Is that is that the balance that we want? Is that what is that what we're aiming for, or are we aiming to swap those over or, or shift? Shift one up are we growing both of those or are we just growing one of those at the moment mm. yeah so understanding that that business model of how we service our clients and how our money comes in is pretty critical isn't it and yeah I'm not sure that actually everybody across every part of the business could articulate that really clearly and, and simply mm. Mm. and so it does feel like a really obvious question but I really suspect it's not it's not easily answerable by everybody who should be able to answer it
0: yeah, yeah. and i think i think it really informs how you then start to prioritize or focus on particular areas of of the strategy understanding the business is i think the first step in really and, getting yes. to a relevant strategy for the business
1: and so not just where we make our money but i guess where where does that business come in and how do we find that business
0: yes it's part yeah. of that. how do we get our business what's our what's our way to finding the people that want to buy mm. what it is that we do whether it's a product that we produce or whether it's a service that we offer who's buying it
1: are we direct to consumer you know do we do we work on trade relationships do we work through third do we work through white labeling products for other parties to distribute you know these these are all kind of really big fundamental questions, but sometimes I, I think sometimes I think people aren't always one hundred percent clear on what the answers are. Probably probably there'll be multiple answers. We will probably oh. do lots of different things, but just being able to identify that is important, isn't it?
0: And I think the answers to these questions don't need to be MBA worthy. I oh, think special. actually they exactly. just need to be really s- simple. Yes. To articulate we need yeah. to be able to say we, we 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 innovate and create a technical product that helps our customers we, or whoever our, and we define who our customers are mm-hmm. to be better at mm-hmm. and that product therefore needs to be of excellent quality it needs to be the most innovative or the most efficient or the you know it needs to have certain qualities that's going to actually make yeah. it of value and attractive to those customers. And as an HR practitioner, even though that is what the business is doing and it's not what we're doing, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that. As a marketing practitioner, we have to understand that. As a finance practitioner, we have to understand that because everything that we do has to, in some way, support where the money comes from.
1: I suppose it's possible, you know, in a marketing function you couldn't ignore that because your marketing channels have to speak directly to who's buying your product. But in an HR function, you're kind of one step removed from the end product, aren't you? Because your your product is the right people doing the right jobs to the right standard. But you still have to understand their jobs in order to bring the right people in and support them in the right way. So even though you're not in the business of creating this product or providing this service. You are there to support those people who are. So you have to understand it.
0: And what can happen that we sometimes don't appreciate is that if that customer profile changes, it might actually change what we need to do as a business. So I'll give you an example. When you are a small consultancy, let's say you're offering a service, like a a technical service or accountancy service, but you're in a very small practice the chances are that your clients are also small because big companies are not necessarily going to engage really small uh, consultancies. As your business grows, you, you work in a bigger and bigger consultancy company, your clients may also change in terms of being more enterprise clients rather than SME clients. The sales process involved in that would be different. The governance, the infrastructure that you can show would be different. The skills involved and who's involved in in delivering that service for that enterprise client might be different to your SME client. So if from a strategic perspective, the answer is, in terms of what are we here to achieve in the next three to five years, we want to grow to a size significant enough to take enterprise clients or to start delivering our services in this enterprise environment as an HR professional, I'm then looking at that and thinking, so have we got the people that we need to do that? Do those people have the skills to do that? From a workforce planning perspective, do we need a different sales approach? Do I need to really start talking to the sales teams, the sales directors to understand any changes to go to market? that might then mean that they need different sales effectiveness training or different skills overall in that team. So the commercial backdrop very much then opens up a whole bunch of other questions that may then need to form part of the strategy that isn't to say, okay, so I need to go out and find a company that can deliver some sales training. It's about, I need to get the business ready to be able to deliver that aspiration, that objective that says that we're going to move into the enterprise space.
1: So using the example that I know that we talked about on a previous podcast around different levels of maturity of HR, you may, let's say this shift occurs, you may learn that you need to provide different kinds of sales training because people are asking you for it Mm -hmm. at at one of the bottom two levels. Mm -hmm. People in the sales team are coming to you to say, I'm not quite equipped at this can you do me a, can you do me some training on this? or you could look at it from a very mature perspective, which is strategically, if the business is going in that direction, then strategically we're going to have to plan training in a different direction to support those people that are going to be shifting. so we we get there kind of before somebody asks for it. yes um so exactly. if we go back to that model I can't remember which episode that was in, but it is in one of them we could put it in the show
0: notes mm, yes. I think it's seven from memory, but oh, we can okay. and check that. <laughs> I'm the episode geek, aren't I? You
1: are the episode geek. So so we've talked about really understanding the business and the real nitty-gritty basic bits about how this business works and succeeds and makes its money, what it sells to whom. So really understanding the business is at the core of your strategy. Then what do we do once we've understood that business? We then presumably have to understand Okay, so what are we good at currently? What's
0: missing? What happens next? Yes, yeah, so identify the strengths. What we've got that could continue to support deliver that, or could deliver what you know the the different thing that's needed, and identify the gaps. So, have we got what we need to achieve our objectives? Have we got what we need to use the earlier example? Have we got what we need to be able to operate in the enterprise space? Because we don't currently operate in the enterprise Mm. space. We want to work in that space and secure those large, high value projects. Have we got what we need in order to be able to do that? Not just to secure it from a sales perspective, but to also deliver it. And I suppose in with
1: that, another question that you could also ask there would be, what else are we doing that doesn't fit with this? Because it may be that we we have got all sorts of initiatives in the can or resource going on certain projects mm-hmm. that actually isn't relevant to where we're heading to. And you might say, well, actually, we're going to stop that project. Yeah. Or we're going to end our resourcing on that piece of work or change that approach. I mean, one of my favourite sayings about strategy is, what do we say no to? And often it's very difficult to say no to anything. But if we are refocusing on something, that would generally mean, therefore, we're not going to do other things. Maybe we're not going to put our resource into supporting SMEs anymore. And so it is a chance by looking at what we need is a chance to say, well, what else are we doing that perhaps we don't need and we could take out?
0: And that's all part of that prioritise and focus part, which I think is probably step three which is what do we really need and uh, yes. what do we really need to focus on what's our biggest priority to sort out so whether we've got a big strategic aim in the business or whether it's it, it's fairly steady state we can still articulate what we really need I mean most people can access the answer to this but through instinct you know um, Put your put your paper away, put your pen and paper away or your, your strategic document and just tell me off the top of your head if there was one thing that you would want to do, what would it be? And, and it's I, I love the magic wand question. If I had a magic wand in my third drawdown, I can grab it now, put it in your hand. what would you what you, what, would, what would you wave it on to make happen? and then when that comes up that answer comes up and i love that question for people in the business you know ask them that question what comes up for you is then okay so what is it about that that's not working at the moment or what is it about that that's fundamentally important for us to achieve that that goal or what is it about that that you would particularly like to see different and that really helps to focus on a key priority that if we do nothing else, we do this, we're going to actually make some impact and some progress towards the goal.
1: I think that's a really great question. I, I remember when I was in the early days of being a strategist, people doing this to me, and then I remember doing it to members of my own team when I led a strategy team, which is they would, you know, they'd come to me with a, a client strategy doc I mean, my background, as you know, is marketing. So we, we, we'd be we would be creating a marketing strategy on behalf of a of a client and a member of my team would say, Right, I've I've got the strategy dropping, it'll be 40 pages long. And you your heart would sink and you'd think, okay, so we would start off with loads of graphs and data and this, that, and the other. And 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 I would be, hold on, stop, stop, stop. Before you open that PowerPoint, just tell me. Mm. Just tell me what the answer is. Because if you can't just tell me, What's the one thing you need me to take away from this? If if there's only one thing I'm gonna walk out of that room with, what's it gonna be? I love
0: that. And I also like the the one I often use is the sort of whiteboard and and whiteboard pen or the flip chart and the flip chart pen, which is if you can tell me your strategy using the flip chart and flip chart pen then it's strong because you can tell, well, it's got, it's got a chance to be really strong because it's simple enough that you don't need reams and reams
1: of documents
0: in order to articulate the key focus areas that, that are form part of your strategy. So I love that. If you can't explain it with just a pen in your hand, it's, uh, it's not quite passing the simplicity test.
1: Yes. And not only, I mean, it might well be that your document, whatever it may be, does have to have a lot of detail in it, but you should still be able to articulate the nub of it in, you know, three bullets. Because that idea about if I could only do one thing, would it, what would it be? You know, you're going to get pushback. Someone's going to say, well, all of these things are important. But in theory, if I could only do one thing, what would that be? And you, yeah. you know, push people on it. What would the one thing be if we could only have one thing? And then, okay, you've got your one thing. If there was a second or third thing, what would those things be? And you're kind of forcing people, understanding, yes, okay, I accept the fact I have to deliver all of this stuff. But probably if we spread ourselves too thin, we won't deliver any of it. So just forcing people theoretically, if there was just one thing, what would it be? And yes. then what would the second thing be? What would the third thing be? It's quite a good discipline, really, and, and quite a good
0: challenge to bring it's in. the genie, you've got three wishes. Yeah. And your third wish cannot be, I want an endless number of other wishes, please. <laughs> you only get three wishes. What are your three wishes? Yes. I, I, that's just occurred to me as you were talking as well, that maybe is slightly expands on the magic wand. So, so yes, magic wand practiced. to get the first thought and then extend it out to, okay, so... I'm, I'm now a genie, and you I can add,
1: add another two. Yeah. Is, right. What would they be? Yeah. But it, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's good to ask that theoretical question. I accept the fact you want everything. But if you could only have one thing, what would it be? Is a good kind of discipline to bring that challenge and get things in the right order.
0: Getting things in the right order, I think super quickly because I know we're running out of time, but one of the things that I think is really helpful to get traction on a strategy is to start to think about some quick wins and the quick wins that are reasonably simple to execute that are going to generate some results just to start building a bit of momentum. So just thinking about things from how easy it is to implement but also whether it's actually going to generate any positive results versus how tricky it is to implement and we're going to have to wait a bit longer for the results but the results are still important and if the results are not important or impactful in either in either sense whether it's a quick win or whether it's a a long haul don't do them why why are we even prioritizing them?
1: So what we're saying, therefore, we've got some fairly essential questions to, to ask and to be make sure that you can answer succinctly before you're putting that strategy together around really understanding the business and what we are here to do. How do we make the money? Are we in a phase of growth? Are we in a phase of divestment? Are we scaling? Are we consolidating? Are we m- moving into new territories where do we get our business? Who buys what we do? What are our sales channels? What does that mean for us as an HR team? And how do we support that? Looking at where our strengths are and our gaps are, and then prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. Where do we put that focus? Which order yes. do we do things? What do we do first? Exactly, critical questions when you're putting a strategy together to make sure the strategy is an outside-in strategy, not an inside-out strategy.
0: So, when we're thinking about inside out we're talking about our to-do list and resisting the temptation to take our to-do list and try to organize it in such a way that it's going to meet our business objectives because instead we need to start outside first coming in which is to say we look at the business objectives first so I hope when you're listening to this you think okay that gives me the permission that I need to just step away from that to-do list in order to create something that is going to be more relevant to the business.
1: Step away from the to-do list. Is that the title of this podcast? What a what a joyful thing to, to think about, stepping away from the to-do list.
0: So I hope that that has been helpful and insightful. Maybe it's just unlocked something for you in terms of making an aspect of your strategy that bit more relevant to the business or maybe just giving you some starting points if you haven't quite got to that point yet in terms of articulating your business strategy, getting yourself into that position of being able to describe it just with a pen and a flip chart. Any questions, any help? any comments please do reach out to us our contact details are, are are in the in the show notes and all over different places I'm sure you can find us we'd love to hear from you we love getting comments and questions we do thanks indeed thanks very much
1: thanks so much Jem. see you next time see you next time
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the strategic leader if you liked the episode please subscribe to access more of our recordings and if you think it'd be useful for someone else please forward to them and leave a review we base our content on questions we are regularly asked and what you want to know more about so please do email us with any questions or comments to Gemma at GemmaBullivant.co.uk. And remember, you're already being more strategic than you realise.